You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston dot o-r-g. There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. A scripture reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Grace, for reading our scripture this morning. So last November, we spent a month celebrating a variety of people who may have been considered saints of God. In my research for that worship series, I ran across this image. Someone painted an icon of Mr. Rogers wearing his familiar red sweater, pictured here with King Friday and the neighborhood trolley. In the icon, he's labeled Saint Fred. There's some people who are so enamored with the way that Mr. Rogers lived and the wisdom that he shared with generations of children here in the United States, they might truly consider him a saint, some type of perfect person different from the rest of us. During our November worship series, we explored all the ways that we live and how all of us could be considered saints of God, people opening our lives to the work of God in us and through us. When we call someone a saint, we are recognizing that God's light shines in them like stars in the sky as they hold firmly to the word of life, to use Paul's words. Too many times when we hear the word saint, we conjure an image of someone so holy, we cannot imagine what it would be like to ever live that way ourselves. The filmmakers who created the movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which was released just last fall, when they asked Mrs. Rogers for her blessing on the project, she said she had one request, that we not treat her husband like a saint. So let's listen now to Joanne Rogers sharing why she doesn't like when people call her husband a saint. I love how you told everyone, don't think my husband as a saint, because he wasn't. He was a person. Why did you want to make that clear to everyone? Yes, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Now I'm getting a lot of questions about it. Um, I said it because Fred worked very hard on the hard things of life. Mm -hmm. And um, I I, I guess I always think about a saint as somebody who's just, just good without working at all, mm-hmm. you know. But he worked hard on, on his ministry. Yeah. And the ministry was the program. Because of its being a national program, 
he he had to had to not only did he ha have to he wanted to be inclusive so you'll never hear religious talk mm -hmm. per se religious values yes very much so but he as people say walk the walk so mr rogers who was ordained in the presbyterian church which means that he's also reverend rogers he wasn't a saint in some unattainable way he was a saint in the way that you and i are saints when we say yes to the work of god in us and when we choose to walk the walk when Mrs. Rogers describes her husband, she says that there was a sense of hard work and inner discipline to his work. She went on to describe what others may call perfectionism, as he was determined to do the very best that he could. But I think he was living out what Paul wrote in this scripture this morning. Mr. Rogers was working out his salvation with fear and trembling. He was saying yes to the work that God wanted to do in him and yes to the work that God wanted to do through him. Now, Paul is clear in his letter to the church at Philippi. When we work out our salvation, we are not working for our salvation. We cannot earn God's love. Nothing we can do can cause God to love us any more or to love us any less. Instead, when we say yes to the work that God wants to do in and through us, we acknowledge that we are working out our salvation because as Paul wrote, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Allowing God to work in and through us causes us to become more holy, sanctified, more perfect in love. It's not the kind of perfection that means we won't ever make a mistake. Instead, it simply means that our hearts and lives begin to overflow with the love of God, which pushes out room that sin was taking up. We can live without grumbling only if we allow God to work in us to fill the space in our hearts and lives with love and grace so that sin and grumbling and arguing can push its way out of our lives. From the accounts of Mr. Rogers that I've read and the ones that I've seen portrayed on film, he was a very gentle, kind person. But he wasn't one-dimensional. A Washington Post article from 2018 stated, the documentary doesn't deify Rogers. It shows him as someone who struggled at times with his lonely upbringing and with the enormity of the problems that he hoped to explain to children, such as the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. He wasn't this pure being of goodness who sort of existed on another plane, said Nicholas Ma. He was someone who said, okay, well, what's the best version of me that I can bring to the world and how do I make sure that I create that? Now, we might think it was easy for Fred to be blameless and pure, as Paul put it. But Mrs. Rogers shared in an interview that it wasn't easy for Fred. He worked at it. He had a number of spiritual disciplines that were foundational for his life. He got up every day, and he got up for prayer, 
by 5.30 in the morning. He spent time reading scripture, and he reflected on what God's word was saying to him. He kept a very long list of names and prayed for people individually. Quote, his prayers didn't end there, but continued into his daily swim. Before diving into the swimming pool, he would sing out loud a song that Henry Nouwen taught him from the Tizé community in France. Jubilate Deo, Jubilate Deo, Alleluia. Rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, Alleluia. He would sing and then dive into the water to swim. He emerged from the pool, ready to face a new day with a fresh slate, as if wet from baptism, end quote. Mr. Rogers embraced a disciplined life of prayer. And so what we see in his life and in the show that was his ministry is the spiritual fruit of that discipline. Every morning he woke up and said yes to God at work in him. And that is how he worked out his salvation, with fear and trembling. Those words can seem a little scary for us, and so I looked up in another translation, and that translator put it, with awe and reverence. Mr. Rogers worked out his salvation with awe and reverence. He not only prayed for others, but he believed so strongly in the power of prayer that he would ask other people to pray for him. His wife stated in another interview, quote, he would ask people who were very disabled, challenged. He would ask those people to pray for him. And Tom Junid, who was the real journalist in the story, asked him, oh, are you doing that just because you want to make them feel good? And he said, oh, no, not at all. I just feel that people who have gone through as much as they have are very close to God, end quote. This journalist, Tom, whose life was changed by his friendship with Mr. Rogers, tells of another time when he visited his Pittsburgh office. And that day, he got to meet Deb. She was a minister at Fred Rogers' church. Tom wrote, she spent much of her time tending to the sick and to the dying. Fred Rogers loved her very much. And so out of nowhere, he smiled and put his hand over hers. Will you be with me when I die, he asked her. And when she said yes, he said, oh, thank you, my dear. Then with his hand still over hers and his eyes looking straight into hers, he said, Deb, do you know what a great prayer you are? Do you know that about yourself? Your prayers are just wonderful. Then he looked at me. I was sitting in a small chair by the door. And he said, Tom, would you close the door, please? I closed the door and sat back down. Thanks, my dear. He turned back to Deb and said, now, Deb, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you lead us? Would you lead us in prayer? Deb stiffened for a second, and she let out a breath. Her color got deeper. Oh, I don't know, Fred, she said. I, I don't think I want to put on a performance. Fred never stopped looking at her or let go of her hand. It's not a performance. It's just a meeting of friends. He moved his hand from her wrist to her palm and extended his other hand to me. I took it and put my hand in her free hand, and there the three of us, hands held, heads bowed, 
closed our eyes, I heard Deb's voice calling out for the grace of God. What is grace? I'm not certain. All I know is that my heart felt like a spike. And then in that room, it opened and felt like an umbrella. I had never prayed like that before, ever. I had always been a great prayer, a powerful one, but only fitfully, out of guilt, only when fear and desperation drove me to it. And it hit me right then with my eyes closed. This was the moment Fred Rogers had been leading me to, the prayer I had been waiting to say a very long time." End quote. When we allow God's grace into our lives, when we find practices and habits that allow us to say yes to grace again every day, we allow God's light to shine in us like the stars in the sky that Paul wanted us to be. We become beacons of God's grace in this world. We allow others to encounter God's light and love for themselves just by being who we are when we say yes to God's work in our lives and we choose to walk the walk. I don't know what spiritual disciplines were important to that pastor, Deb. All I know is that she must have been saying yes to God on a regular basis so that God's light would shine in her so that she could be the beacon of light that day for the journalist, Tom, so that he could feel God's grace in his life. Paul wanted the Philippians to shine like stars. The phrase shining as stars in the universe can also be translated as appearing as luminaries in the world. Sometimes, thinking of shining like a star in the sky is like thinking of saints, far away and untouchable. But when we think about appearing as a luminary in the world, that's easy. That is us carrying our light. Whether that is a small candle, a flashlight, a torch, or we are ablaze with the light and love of God in us. Paul wanted the testimony of the Philippians to shine brightly and manifest to those around them. For 21st century people, stars are merely beautiful objects in the night sky. But for people in the first century, stars were not only beautiful, but they were vital because stars were indispensable in navigation. The movements and the patterns of the stars show directions, and travelers studied and watched them carefully on their journeys. By holding to the light and love of God, by becoming a star in the sky, Paul is saying that we can help others navigate the path to God. We can be beacons of God's light and love in this world. Paul wanted the Philippians to be lumieres, light bearers in this world, and thus be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Mr. Rogers was such a light bearer, for the light of God was in him, and he shone that brightly to so many generations of children. And he invited us to also be light bearers. 
by reminding us that we are loved and are capable of loving others. He invited us to live a life modeled on Jesus Christ. His faith surfaced in subtle and indirect ways that many viewers might have missed. But his faith infused all that he did. He believed, quote, the space between the television set and the viewer is holy ground, end quote. But he trusted God to do the heavy lifting. He believed that grace was at work. And every day when Mr. Rogers arrived at his office, he would pray this prayer. Dear God, let some word that is heard be yours. Mr. Rogers told kids that they mattered, that they were worthy of love, and that they had the capacity to love others. He spoke to children like grown-ups and helped them tackle topics such as anger, trust, honesty, courage, and sadness. He gave children the gift of acknowledging that life is complicated. We sometimes want things to be clear, to be black and white and simple, to be able to divide into categories, good people, bad people. It's what we see so often these days with the different polarizations in our society and in our churches. We want people who are good to be all good, and we expect that people who are bad are all bad. But Mr. Rogers knew that it was a little bit more complicated than that. Sometimes people are good, and they do just what they should. But the very same people who are good sometimes are the very same people who are bad sometimes. It's funny, but it's true. It's the same, isn't it, for me? And sometimes people get wet, and their parents get upset. But the very same people who are wet sometimes are the very same people who are dry sometimes. It's funny, but it's true. It's the same, isn't it, for me? And sometimes people make noise and they break each other's toys. But the very same people who are noisy sometimes are the very same people who are quiet sometimes. It's funny, but it's true. It's the same, isn't it, for me? And sometimes people get mad and they feel like being bad. But the very same people who are mad sometimes are the very same people who are glad sometimes. It's funny, but it's true. It's the same, isn't it, for me? And sometimes people are good, and they do just what they should. But the very same people who are good sometimes are the very same people who are bad sometimes. It's funny, but it's true. It's the same, isn't it, for me? Isn't it the same for you?
Sometimes people are good, and they do just what they should. But this very same people who are good sometimes are the very same people who are bad sometimes. It's funny, but it's true. It's the same, isn't it, for me? Isn't it the same for you? Saints of God, the very same people who are good sometimes are the very same people who are bad sometimes. This is true as God works in all of us. My prayer for us today is that we are brave enough to say yes to God at work in us so that we too can work out our salvation and walk the walk so that God can shine brightly in us and we can be the beacons of grace that Paul calls us to be. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for being willing to work in us so that you can work through us. Help us to be brave, to say yes to this work that you want to do in us. It can be scary sometimes when you want to change our fears, to change our selfish nature, and to make room for your grace and your love. Help us to be brave and to say yes to you. Thank you that you invite us to say yes each and every day to you. And it is by your grace that we can say yes and shine brightly. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.